Hello, Peaceful Profits Nation. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen, and I'm here today with Kaylee Green. Kaylee is our fabulous COO here at Peaceful Profits. She handles the day-to-day. She keeps us running like a well-oiled machine. She just is amazing at what she does. And so we are very lucky and excited to have her on the podcast. Welcome, Kaylee. That's very generous of you. They're very (laughs) kind. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So to start off, tell us a little bit more, what does the COO role entail and what do you do here at Peaceful Profits? Oh, that's a good question because it gets to be a little bit of everything and it's never, ever boring. I'll tell you that. It's really running the day-to-day of the business. Uh, So because of that, it's a lot of Uh, teamwork, a lot of work with our incredible team and, um, you know, working with our head of program fulfillment and with our amazing done for you agency team and with financial and legal and, you know, touching base with marketing. So it's, it's a little bit of everything, just always being on the pulse of uh, all of the initiatives in motion and really supporting everyone with what they need to keep those things, uh, to keep the momentum really. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So how did you get started with peaceful profits? We'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you came into this role. Oh yeah. So that's a, it's a fun, it's been such a fun journey and evolution over time. I met Mike back in 2017 when I became a client of his and I was finishing up grad school at the time. Uh, I have a communication degree and I was finishing that up and really just wanting to start my own thing at the time. And uh, he was working with freelancers who wanted to start their own businesses. And that was, you know, that was his bread and butter at the time. And um, he had done that coming out of a really successful, you know, copywriting career, working with some incredible clients. So that was very attractive to me. And so I started doing that. I started learning from him, um, building my own client base. And I just really loved what he was doing and what I was seeing in his company. And then this opportunity arose and it was, it's so funny because it was a sales opportunity and I do not consider myself a salesperson at all. Like I've dabbled here and there and how that relates to, to marketing and things. Uh, but I saw it as here's an opening to, to work with this awesome person and this incredible company and mission. And so, uh, I took the opening and, and started working with him there. And that was, that was a 2018 and it's just evolved and evolved. He was looking for an operations manager at the time to start taking pieces of the company from him and um, you know, implementing, if, you've, if you're familiar with the visionary integrator thing that was on his radar, I think even back then, uh, but just really grew over time. And so what started as ops manager uh, evolved into director and we're not much for titles, but now COO and, and just kind of what that represents in the the day-to-day of the business and keeping everything running. So that's, uh, yeah, that's the nutshell. It's been quite a ride. Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. So from client to sales, to operations manager, to COO, that was kind of the journey. That's the journey. Okay. (laughs) Now you touched on, and I would love for you to go a little bit deeper on the visionary integrator thing, because I think that there's something there that we can learn from. Talk to us about what that means and what that's looked like for you in your role. Yeah. Good question. Because this was something that I learned that I was not familiar with before. Uh, I believe it's Gino Wickman's uh, principle from 
you know, traction, rocket fuel, and the visionary CEOs tend to be visionaries and uh, integrators tend to be the, the right hands, the COOs. So what my role started as when I moved into the operations position, it was just taking some of these items off of Mike's plate. I mean, gosh, even a I think a seasoned like executive assistant is it was almost similar to that, just more with a operational spin. And so lots of overlap. Uh, but then over time, he I think, you know, we built trust and rapport with each other. And uh, he was able to entrust more things to me in the business and share more of his vision for the company and his own life. And, you know, what what did those things look like together and what would we need the company to look like to support that? And And so it just really organically evolved in those ways. And so it was it was a learning curve for me too to understand what it means to be the integrator and to support the brilliant visionary, you know, the what I came to know and love and in, in even finding him as a mentor, right? And uh and learning from him in that way. So that's it it really grew over time. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you for explaining that to us. Now, I have to wonder if there's some visionary in you also because of the way you came in as a client. You you came in maybe looking to fill that role. So is there mm. that piece of you that you've had to kind of set aside to run this business? Or is it something that helps in your role? Or do you feel like you just didn't know that what you were looking for was the integrator piece? Yeah, that's a really good question. I love that because there's actually a quiz out there and on, I don't even remember my score, honestly, um, but there's a quiz out there. I think it might be a Gino Wickman quiz that will show you your split because a lot of people do have both in them. It's kind of like when you take the Myers-Briggs and no one's, well, I'm sure there are some people out there, but I'm not like a pure extrovert or a pure introvert. I'm like, kind of a 49 51 split depending on the day and it's it can be similar with the visionary integrator roles a lot of us have both in us and it just kind of depends on where you weigh in on that and so i i think i'm pretty evenly split and so it's kind of a matter of harnessing the one that's most important um but over time it's been interesting because while i came on more purely as the integrator over time, as Mike's stepped out of the business, I've also needed to put on that visionary hat a bit more. And so I feel like that's always been really helpful to have that visionary something um, just to kind of speak his language and be able to download his brain <laughs> into mine over time. Uh, that's definitely been, uh, it's been very helpful. Yeah. Okay. So good. Thank you. I love that breakdown and that understanding because I think that um, there is that piece in all of us. And I love how you explain that to just really bring it home that we have those pieces and that there are different roles that we fill at different times. Now, I'm sure for people listening as business owners, it probably sounds really amazing. And everyone wants someone like Kaylee in their business handling the day to day so that they can do what Mike's done and take a step back. So Talk to us about what it took to really get to this point where you are handling the the day-to-day -day operations of the company. Yeah, so something that Mike is really, really good at is 
he doesn't have the mentality that it can only be me, right? Like he, he doesn't get trapped in that. Uh, I think it's a trap that's very common for yeah. business owners that, oh, it has to be me. I'm, I'm the best at this, or I'm the only one who knows that this. And he was very good at being transparent with me, um, uh, just entrusting things to me. Of course, you've got to be careful with this, right? You want to have that loyalty built and that relationship built, but it is very important for someone to be able to fully step into that role and own it. And so uh, it is, of course, a balancing act. I think you do have to build that relationship up. Um, but when you do, um, if you can communicate really clearly, be as transparent as possible, uh, be as clear as possible about your vision as the business owner and your desires and your priorities, and maybe even almost as important as that. Um, so if you've communicated that well to your integrator, and when I say communicated, I mean like repeat it on a daily basis, like vision cast on a daily basis, because the integrator, I will speak from experience, is inundated with just day-to-day, -day, you know, fires, team questions, like anything and everything. It kind of can fall to that right-hand position. Um, and so it's so helpful to have just constant reminders of where we're headed because the visionary is so good at that. And because they're so good at it to them, it's so easy to see that path, right? And meanwhile, I'm like weaving in and out with all of these day-to-day -day things that are popping up. So remind them of your vision and keep, keep that front and center so that they can also be sharing that with the team again and again. Um, but then uh, almost as important as that, giving them clarity on what, what are the parameters and where do they have autonomy? So it was really helpful for me to, to understand the parts of the business that Mike felt like this is how I want things. And then the parts that it's, that it's like, it's, it's your oyster. Like <laughs> the business is your oyster, like make it happen. And honestly, I mean, Mike's, Mike's given me so much, um, he's entrusted so much to me that I really do have a lot of that autonomy that I'm grateful for because I understand his vision so well. Right. And it's, um, I, I've just been able to spend enough time with him over the years to think like he thinks and to know what he's striving toward. And, um, and so he, I would say he's given me more of the clarity on the freedom versus the clarity on parameters, but both are so important for the business owner to, to give their right hand. And at the beginning, it might be helpful to give even more parameters than, than freedoms, right? Just to communicate that. Yeah. It should be a very two-way street kind of relationship because these people need to work really, really well together. I love that. That's just, it's so good to see what it takes on a day-to-day, -day, you know, to make that happen. I'm really curious on this idea of sharing the vision on a daily basis how? Like, what does that actually look like? Is, is Mike calling you up every day and being like, all right, here's our three-year plan. Let's go over this again. Or what, what is it that keeps that top of mind and how does he remind you? Yeah, good question. And it might be, it might be more so that like, I, I want to see that just framed on my wall right in <laughs> front of me in my office. Cause that would be so helpful to me as I'm in the, the daily, like 
deep waters of it, right? Um, so it's not that he necessarily has been reminding me daily. I mean, Mike and I have a, a weekly one-on-one, -on -one, so we don't even talk all that often anymore. Like when we say he's out of the business, he is, he is out of the business. He's, you know, he pops in a, a few hours a week. Um, but in terms of the reminders, it's good to put intentional checkpoints to assess what those things are, because especially when you're in startup mode, the vision could change. And that's okay. Like that's a that's a healthy part of a growing and evolving business. And what your goals were three years ago will look very different from what your goals are today versus even maybe six or 12 months from now. And so I think it's really important to revisit that, especially if you have this right-hand person to revisit those things together and set in intentional checkpoints to do that so that you are totally operating from the same page because that's the person who's in the day-to-day -day of the business. Like, kind of slowly steering the ship toward that goal and visionaries move fast and their, you know, their minds are like 10 steps ahead at all times. And so it's really important to keep your integrator on the same page so that they can steer that ship. Ah, oh, so good. So good. I love that. So you said you meet with Mike weekly in a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Um, let's talk about a little bit what that looks like. What parts of the business is Mike still handling versus what do you handle? Yeah. So we have our weekly one-on-one. -on -one. We try to be diligent about that. We do skip a week every once in a while. Uh, but mostly those meetings these days are me updating him on new hires. Um, if we have, you know, fires, um, which are more rare, thankfully. Um, but, you know, hiring, firing, um, new initiatives, uh, this the state of all of the things really. And then it's more of a consultative type of meeting where, you know, I might have questions for him um, or I might have a proposal and I, I wanna get his feedback on something. If it's something big before rolling it out to the team, um, getting his perspective on things, doing those, hey, are we on track with the vision? Like having those checkpoints, that's what those have become nowadays. Uh, and aside from that, his involvement is mostly, uh, so that kind of consultant role. And of course he's like always in the background, just hammering out like book content and stuff like that for us. <laughs> um, but the other day he came to a meeting with our new CPA, cause of course he needed to meet the person to, who was going to like handle the money. But I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it looks like nowadays. Okay. Cool. Well, you've we've talked about little components of this throughout the episode, but I'd love to take an even deeper dive on what it looks like to set up a business that can run without them, that allows them to do what Mike is doing, which is basically a one-on-one -on -one most all most every week, right? And pretty much everything else is handled without them. So can we talk about some of the specifics of things that you have seen that he has done that allows this business to function? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I do think this is a, a very common goal, maybe not to be as removed from Mike, but for some people that could be really, really attractive. Um, and that's great because it's obviously doable. Um, but even just to be not the only one relied upon for everything. Yeah. And so I think uh, most people though, let's be honest, most people have to start there. Like you start as a solopreneur in most cases. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of 
kind of starting with the end in mind and seeing what areas you can plan to be removed. So I think there's kind of two different traps. I mentioned earlier the it can only be me trap that business owners fall into. Um, I think the other one, though, is actually trying to, to jump ahead and step out too quickly or replace themselves too quickly. And I, I think that that's not to say you have to like be slogging along in your business forever on your own. I think it's just a matter of being very intentional about um, like systemizing the areas of the business that you are involved with now so that you can smoothly and quickly remove yourself from them when the time is right and when you have the right person to fill that gap. So that can be as simple as, uh, let's say right now, you're the one answering your own customer support emails. And that's, if you're a visionary, that is probably like a mega drain to you mentally and emotionally and physically. Like that's yeah. not where time should be, but it's not quite as simple as just hiring a VA. It can be almost that simple, but just the, the little step of documenting some templates. Like what are the, what's the 80% of this? What are, you know, 80% of the emails that come in, these are the five top answers that could respond to them. So make yourself a bank of templated responses and then hire a, a VA to replace you in that. And then it's the matter of presence for them, like have an open line of communication with them uh, to keep getting your perspective on things so that you could feel very comfortable eventually kind of uh, just sending them out of the nest on their own and knowing that your clients will be in very good hands. Uh, but you, it's not just as easy as hiring for it and, and then saying, okay, bye, I'm, I'm off to the beach or whatever, um, or I'm off to this other part of the business. But sometimes you do need to just spend that extra little bit of time and effort on not just creating the system, but then supporting the person who's taking mm -hmm. on that role. And that could be what makes or breaks it. Because some people go, I hired so-and-so and they're just not getting it. It's like, well, did you give them a meeting? Like, did did were they able to email you even or like talk to you in Slack or whatever that looks like for you? Were they able to get support? And then the business owner is like, well, no, I, I gave them my template, you know? So it's this balance of making sure they're well supported and putting in that work now so that your future self can be that much more removed from the business. And you just do that area by area, you know, department by department. And eventually you're in a really, really healthy, sustainable place. That's a really good point of this concept of making a system, but then continuing to support so that that system runs really smoothly before you fully transition out. And the, the other part that you mentioned of this idea of it can only be me of staying in, you know, too long because you think that you are the best person to handle everything. And I love Mike often brings this up, right? That he, he hires people who can do what he does even better than him. He gets people who are experts in different things and allows them to really run with it and, and has created this strong company culture where like you mentioned earlier, there is autonomy that people can do what they do really well. And that is 
a powerful thing to be able to have in your business. So we've covered so many great things today. I feel like you have taught us a lot of great things, and I hope that it's created a vision for people of what they can work toward in their business and really what needs to start off as a foundation in order to get there. Any final thoughts that you would share with people as they kind of are building this foundation in their own business with an eye toward the future of working themselves out to whatever degree that means for them. Yeah. You know, Mike's motto all comes to mind. He's always saying slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm. And I think when you can be really intentional about building the systems to replace yourself, finding the right people to take those systems and run with it, and then giving those people support. It's a matter of, it's only a matter of time really before you are out of that entirely. And if you can put that effort in now, and I know it's while all of the other things are happening in the business and it feels like, oh, if I just keep doing it myself right now, that's, that's okay. But your future self will thank you if you can start building those systems in and systems building doesn't have to be this whole like quarter long process. It's just a matter of, you know, document what you do on a regular basis so that someone else could come alongside you and start taking those things over bit by bit. And then you just kind of take one step back at a time and, and support them. So it doesn't have to feel like this daunting thing. Just remember slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Perfect. I love that. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Kaylee, thank you so much for spending time with us and teaching us today. Oh, this was fun. Thank you so much, Chanel. (laughs) All right. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.